Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we pick two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. This week we are kind of doing a last episode before we take a week hiatus. Yeah, almost like a season one, but we're not going with seasons, so... We'll be back on the 30th yep. of January with a new episode. So episode 14. Be a week gap. Yep. Um, and we're just going to use it to kind of clean up our production and... Yeah, retool. Figure some stuff out. Get a Patreon going. Yep. Finally. Try to get some merchandise. Yep. If you guys have any ideas for merch that you want, let us know. Right. Get that going. Get the website finally caught up with show notes, which I keep promising. Right. I've got three episodes on there, I swear. It's not bad. It's not bad. But, yeah, so this is episode 13. Episode 13. We're talking about the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Yes, a very famous. Very famous. Very interesting. Very well-known for a couple reasons. So, I'm, like, surprised doing research on some topics how many weird things happened in the 50s. Yeah, the 50s were a strange time. Yeah. I mean, you figure it was, like, the first full decade after World War II. Yeah. Which, depending on your perspective, maybe us dropping the atomic bombs alerted the universe to our presence Shit. as a space-faring species. I did not even think about that. Right? So there's a there's a lot of people who think that, you know, us dropping the bombs and testing the bombs was kind of what brought people, or not people, but extraterrestrials yeah. to this planet. Beings. Right? I mean, Shit. Roswell happened in 1947, two years after we dropped the bomb. Damn. Just I saying. think about that. What's, what's two light years away? I don't hmm. know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, some shit. Yeah, something. Damn. Well, this was 1955. Yep. In Kentucky. Roughly, Kelly, Hopkinsville. Yeah, Kelly, two different towns, Kelly and Hopkinsville. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought it was just one with a hyphen. No, it's Kelly Hopkinsville because I believe uh, the encounter happened in Kelly and the police station was in Hopkinsville. Oh, that makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah, so it's both. It's, okay. if you're... Not familiar with Kentucky, which I am not. Um, I don't even really know where Louisville is in Kentucky, like, geographically, but I know it's there. But these towns are about 160 miles southwest of okay. Louisville, so. I think Louisville might be across the river from Cincinnati. I have no idea. Me neither. It could be. I shouldn't I shouldn't talk about things I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I think, but I'm not sure. I don't know much about Kentucky, but... It, this was there. And yeah, it's considered uh, to be one of the most significant and well-documented cases in the history of UFO incidents. Yeah. Which this is kind of surprising. Right. Really. It's one that I don't feel like I had heard about until I really started doing like a deep dive into like UFO mythology. Yeah. Um, but when you really start to get into it, you start to see why. Like it's, if it is what it purports to be, then it's a pretty wild encounter. Right. My dog. Has been quietly laying on the rug until we started, and now she's clicking her way around the hardwood floor. So of course she is. If you hear that, that's what it is. Um, so, August 21st, yes. 1955. 1955. Early evening. Okay. Um, about 7 p.m. Yep, about 7 p.m. There's a farmhouse in Kelly, Kentucky. Kind of seemingly like in the middle of nowhere, right. surrounded by woods. Um, there are, yeah, there's a farmhouse with about 12 people in it. The, the Sutton family? Yep. The Sutton family and then some friends of theirs, I guess. Uh, so there's a mother, Glennie. There's a few small children. Um, there's two sons of Glennies from a previous marriage, which is Elmer, who's known as Lucky Sutton, and John Charlie J.C. Sutton. So Lucky and J.C. Classic. Classic. Um, and then their wives, Vera and Aline. Aline's brother, O.P., is there. And then a couple of their friends who apparently, I think a couple of these people worked for like a local circus, hmm. which is just, just seems like an odd thing, but hey. okay. Um, I think this dude, Billy Ray Taylor, worked for the circus and maybe OP did too. And then Billy Ray's wife, June, was there. So house was full of people. Yeah. That's a lot of people for like a farmhouse. Yeah. Just chilling there. Um, so Billy Ray Taylor goes out to get water from the well and he sees... <laughs> It, one of the things I read even just said that he was, like, out there, like, refilling his, like, his water cup. Yeah, he wasn't even, like, getting cup. a whole bunch of water for, like, the house. He was just like, oh, finish my water. Like, gotta go get a refill. It's, like, different, the well. different times back then. Yeah. So did they, like, not have, like, indoor plumbing? I don't know. 
That's wild. Mid fifties in Kentucky. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Sure. Um, so he says that he saw a, a bright light streak across the sky and disappeared kind of beyond the tree line a little bit away from the house. Right. Um, one of the other things described it also as him specifically seeing a round metallic object with rainbow colored streaks trailing behind it. So he goes back in the house to tell people like, dude, I just saw some shit. <laughs> right. And apparently everybody just laughed him off. As I mean, as, as you would, yeah, I feel like. As most people probably would. Like they literally just thought it was a prank. They were like, ha, 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 okay. Which seems like maybe he's the type of guy that would have done that. Right. So, yeah, nobody's really taking him seriously. Classic Billy Ray. Classic Billy Ray. Um, and then shortly after that, the family starts hearing some weird noises and, like, some dogs start barking outside. So Billy Ray and Lucky go out to check it out, and they see a creature. Yes. Floating around. Right. Not So they have legs. Yeah. But not to use they're like floating or hovering above the ground yeah with their legs just kind of dangling limp yeah i think I, like, I some described it as like like their legs were like useless exactly which yeah is like weird. emaciated yeah but their top halves were muscular right which is just creepy why is there always descriptions of muscular beings <laughs> I know, like mothman's legs mothman's legs are muscular <sighs> strange well we're like this is good we're going coming full circle <laughs> right? episode one with muscular legs and now we've got muscular tops so just put the top of one of these goblins on the bottom of Mothman, and you've got a really disproportionately muscular cryptid, cryptid of some kind. That Alien, no I don't sense. even know. Yeah, who knows? So, but yeah, the, yeah. The, you describe them as, as goblins, and yeah. that's kind of like when you look, if you look up a drawing of them, they look yeah. like like a goblin, like this yeah. weird little like thing with antennas. Yep. Got like kind long like spindly fingers. Pointy ears. Yeah. Yeah. Big weird eyes that like glowed. Glowed or reflected yellow is what it said which is also kind of a flashback to mothman because mothman kind of had those red eyes yeah that's true that people weren't sure if they were glowing independently or if they just reflected light right so similar but just yellow right but yeah they this these creatures are also referred to as the kelly hopkinsville goblins right for that reason because they resemble little goblins right and little little, little fun fact the pokemon yes sableye i found that too yep yeah was based on the kelly hopkinsville mm-hmm. goblins and also, like, his, like, sort of gait in the game, the way he walks is, like, supposed to be based on how they yeah. move around him. Floating. Which is kind of cool. It's wild. Yeah. So, yeah, they see this creature kind of floating around. Um, funny enough, too, they described it as having its arms up kind of, like, in surrender. Hmm. Which I think is interesting. Um, so they ran inside, slammed the door. They're like, holy shit. What the fuck out. was that? Yeah, what the hell was that? Um... So it said around the same time, a neighbor about a quarter mile away noticed lights in the woods behind the farmhouse. So they saw this creature come out of the wood line in the back of the house. Um, these neighbors assumed that the family was like searching for one of their pigs that had gotten loose. So I was a little unclear on that. Like it didn't say specifically, did these guys go out with flashlights? I would assume that they had flashlights. Right. Did the neighbors see their flashlights or was this a connection to supposedly them seeing this flying saucer? Right. Did the neighbors see lights? Well, because the flying saucer was described as going over the farmhouse and into the woods, right? Right. So it could have potentially landed in the woods in like a clearing or something. And they were seeing the lights either from the UFO itself or from the little goblins. Exactly. Using whatever light source goblin aliens use. Right. Like I was not really clear on that. Right. At first I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. But then I was like, wait, maybe they were just searching, you know, they heard weird noises. They brought some flashlights outside. I don't know. It wasn't clear. Right. So kind of a fun, mysterious detail. Right. Um, so Taylor and Lucky are kind of like standing guard at the front and back doors, like guns in hand. Right. Because it's like, like rural Kentucky. And of course they have a shit ton of guns. Yes. They've got so many guns. Like I'm just imagining them going to like the gun closet <laughs> and picking out whatever. Shoot, here we go, Billy Ray. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. So yeah. So Taylor is guarding one of the doors and like a, th- a roughly three foot tall creature appears in the doorway that he's standing at, which this is the mother, Glenny, was standing with him. She was like the most skeptical of the bunch that right. was like, come on, guys, like you're just messing around. Like she literally thought they were playing a prank on the wives, trying to like pull one over on them. Hmm. Um, but then she also saw it. And so she screamed and uh, he took a shot through the door right. at this creature. Um it said that he stepped out onto the porch because he was kind of like, 
which I don't know if I would do that, but he was curious, nope. stepped onto the porch, and he felt a clawed hand reach down from the roof and graze his hair. It's wild. See, like, the physical interaction is what's yeah. wild. It's not just, like, he saw something. He felt something. Yeah, he felt something. Um, so I think his wife, or maybe the other guy's wife, pulled him back in, and then Lucky went out and shot at the creature on the roof, which, it's he said, rolled off and went into the woods seemingly unharmed. Right. Yeah, that's like rolling and floating in the story. (laughs) And they don't move normally. They were all supposedly impervious to bullets. Yeah. They did not seem to be affected by being shot. Right. Really unclear if these guys were just terrible shots or if they were hitting them and it just wasn't doing anything. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Who knows? They like think they're like, I hit him dead in his chest and it was like 30 feet to the left. Right. Like it's a three foot tall creature who's maybe like floating around. So who knows? Right. So yeah. Uh, JC, one of the other guys shot at a pair of glowing eyes and talons that appeared in the living room window. Um, and then Taylor took another shot after him. Apparently the creature backflipped and took off running towards right. the woods. Which I wasn't clear. So did it backflip as in like the force of the bullet impact caused it to do a backflip or encouraged it right. to do a backflip? Or did it get hit with the bullet and then just did a backflip for fun and then ran away? The yeah, exactly. I, I get the impression like even these creatures, it was kind of weird because these creatures were compared to gremlins. Right. But then referred to as goblins, although I feel like gremlins and goblins are similar. Yeah. Like, I think they're both kind of mischievous. Yeah, the idea of, know. like, of like not so serious. Like, yeah. they're just kind of, like, fucking around. Right. I saw this described as, like, um, almost like a carnival game or almost like... Yes. Like, um, like whack-a-mole, kind of. Yeah, like they just keep popping up. Yeah, they pop into a window, you shoot them, they, like, fall down. I even heard that described that when you shot them, it sounded like tin cans. Yes. Like, you shot a tin can. Yep. So it's almost like if you were at, like, a carnival and you shot, like, uh, you know, not whack-a-mole, but one of those, like, games where you shoot something and it falls down and another one pops up. Which is weird, because those guys did work at the circus. Right. So maybe... I mean, circus, carnival, maybe, but circuses, do they have games? I'm sure they do. I don't know. I mean, that's interchangeable. Same idea, right? Yeah. I would describe people who work at a circus as a carny. So. Yeah. I'm probably offending some circus workers right now. Yeah. Just assuming that there's fun games there. Right. But really it's just this is all serious. about torturing animals. Yeah. Aww. All they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Can't like the circus the same way. No. But I don't I don't fuck with circuses. No. No. So that, that creature yeah. backflipped, ran Anyways, off. Yeah. Um, they saw one perched in a branch in a maple tree above them and shot at that one and just floated away. Hmm. I still can't really picture. Like, some of them made it sound like... Not that it was, like, floating up into the air, but kind of, like, I'm picturing it up in the branch. They shoot at it, and the way it was described is kind of, like, that it floated down and then, like, scurried off. Hmm. Almost like it fell, but it wasn't under Earth's gravity, or, like, it had, like, way less effect of gravity. Exactly. Yeah, like, it fell, but, like, very gracefully, Hmm. and then just kind of scurried. Interesting. But never seemingly getting hurt. Um, Yeah, they shot at one coming around a corner and heard what they sounded like, gunfire hitting metal, like you just described. Um, they noticed, or at least one of them noticed that the beings, while they didn't seem to be affected by the gunfire, seemed to retreat when they had bright light on them. Interesting. Which is interesting too. So they're the gremlins from that movie Gremlin. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I was disappointed to see that the movie Critters from the 80s was kind of loosely based on this, but not gremlins. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know. When I first read the name, I like, I thought gremlins in my head and I was like, oh, and then I was like, no, different no, movie. Not the same. Totally different. But... Yeah, so they went inside, they were going to, like, regroup, think about what the hell to do about all this, um, and then they heard scratching coming from the roof. Right. Holy shit. Lucky goes out to fire, which, again, floated down off the roof and scrambled out of sight, um, and then, finally, they, like, waited for a break, and they all ran for the trucks right. and went to the police station. And wasn't it Glenny was, like, kind of, like, the voice of reason? She's like, wait, they're, like, trying to hurt us. They haven't tried to attack us yet. Right. Maybe we can, like, go out to the cars and we can, like, make it to the police station. Yeah. The one, like, rational human being here. Yeah. It's like, yo, let's stop shooting at these things because we're wasting all of our ammo and putting yeah. holes in our, like, farmhouse. Let's just go talk to the police. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. So they drive to the police station in, in Hopkinsville. Hopkinsville, yeah. Um, yeah, the sergeant working at the front desk didn't really know what to make of their claim. Right. They brought everybody, so all 12 of these people come in the house. I wonder how much of this, like, station. stereotypes played into it, too, because if these mm. are sort of, like... Rural country folk coming to Hopkinsville, which is not a city by any means, but it's more of a city than Kelly was. Mm. So I wonder, like, you know, these, like, kind of maybe dirty country folk come in. Right. um, And so the cops are like, okay, yeah, Yeah. like, you guys have been drinking some moonshine. Right. Started shooting at God knows what. And, like, weren't really taking it seriously. Yeah. But they did get worried because they thought, um, 
So, yeah, they described fighting off these little silver men right. outside their farmhouse. Like, and said they'd been at it for hours. I think it sounded like the police got worried that maybe there was, like, some kind of gun battle between, like, some citizens. Right. They didn't necessarily think that they were silver men right. out there. But they were like, oh, shit. Right. Like, who, like, who have these people been shooting at for four yeah, hours? exactly. Like, what is going on over there for hours? Right. That's just, like, like non gunfire. Yeah. Four hours. Like, normally with, like, cryptid sightings... In, like, a single encounter with a cryptid yeah. is, like, maybe a few minutes max. Like, I don't remember hearing about a cryptid sighting that has occurred for four hours. Yeah. With people, like, actively trying to, like, attack and stay away from the cryptid. And the cryptid continues to, like, be seen and exactly. make its... Pr- like, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, four they were hours. not chasing these things down. These things were just popping up in the windows. Right. Which, again, weird. Like, they weren't, didn't seem like they were trying to get inside, necessarily. Um, I don't know if they would have been able to anyways, but it didn't seem like they were trying to, like, claw their way in. Right. They weren't trying to get in the doorway. One would assume that they could have, like, busted, like, through the uh, screen on the window or something, but they, they weren't they were impervious to, to gunfire. Right. Unless, maybe, because the lights in the That's house true. were preventing them from entering the house. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird that they were kind of, like, persistently coming up to this house and being like, hey, but not being chased away by them firing, like, not... Yeah, I mean, maybe... who I always consider, too, like, with alien beings... Right. Like, we know, okay, like, gunfire is dangerous. It can hurt you, like, if you, you know, as humans, we're instinct... And even animals, like, we're instinctually, like, you hear a gunshot and you hide or you duck or you run right. or something. But if an alien has no experience with gunfire... Right. And if it doesn't affect them, like, they aren't necessarily taking the gunfire as, like, oh, we better get out of here. Right. This is, like, we're unwelcome here. They're just like, woo! Yeah. Like, I mean, I was thinking about it. Like, I would imagine any aliens that come to our planet aren't just, like, visiting. They're probably, like, I don't know, like, scientific and trying to, like, study us. Right. And so maybe they were just inquisitive coming up to the windows trying to see, like, what's going on here? Why are they, like, what's, what is this? Why are there so many people in this house? Right. Why are there 12 people in this tiny little (laughs) house? what's going on? Why is there no running water? Yeah, what's happening here? Why do they all have these, like, strange loud sticks that keep yeah. like hitting us and Why bouncing off. Why are they all off. wearing overalls? <laughs> What's happening? Okay, there's some bad stereotypes here. Oh <clears throat> yeah, we're putting but it, It's 1950s Kentucky, I don't know. People I mean, wear overalls in the country nowadays too. Yeah, it's not necessarily stereotype. It's the just, overalls do not make the man. No. <laughs> the man makes the overalls. The man makes the overalls. Because they probably handmade all those overalls because yes. God knows there's no stores in Kelly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I... Didn't look up the population, but I did, a couple articles referred to Kelly as being, like, you know, not much more than, like, some houses and, like, a couple small stores. Like, it did, it seemed like it was a teeny tiny little town. Right, like a main street kind of town. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so they go to the police. The police are like, oh, shit. Yeah, who have you been shooting at for hours? (laughs) How has nobody else called us? Right. What the hell is going on? Like, that neighbor that was a quarter mile away. Right. They could see flashlights in the woods. They did not hear gunfire going on. For four hours? For four hours? Like... You hear, like, like one or two gunshots in the country. You'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. Like, they're probably just like, whatever. Four hours later, you'd be like, even you'd be annoyed. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. It's midnight. Because by the time they went to the police station, it was, like, midnight. It was midnight. So, like, I'm trying to fucking sleep. Yeah, this is late. I gotta go farm in the morning. I got shit to do. The neighbor that it said saw the flashlight, again, like, thought that they were looking for a pig or, like, an animal that got loose. And then I think it even mentioned that he, when he first heard, like, the first shot or two, he thought that maybe there was an animal... On the, well, I'm assuming that there's a farm right. with this farmhouse. So he assumed that there was like some type of animal on the farm that maybe was trying to get, you know, some kind of predator trying to get some of the other animals. But again, like that would not be happening for hours. No. Like all the gunshots. Four hours. So you would just think, yeah. So the, the police are like, oh shit, something's going down. Um, so four city police, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police from this nearby like U.S. Army base. All go to the house. That's crazy. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Just th- like assuming that there's just like citizen, you know, gunfire happening. Right. Seems a little, little much, but they search around and there's no evidence. Besides, obviously there's bullets everywhere. Right. And like holes in the doors and the windows and stuff, but they didn't find anything. Um, except for... Except. That luminous green liquid yeah or luminous green like substance substance on like a fence yeah and a little bit back in the woods which 
did seem sketchy to me. Apparently, it is consistent with um, Foxfire. Foxfire, which is yeah, like some type of what was it like a fungus? Yeah, that grows on like wet wood or something like that. And it happens to be wood. bioluminescent, so it yeah. looks like it glows green in the dark. Yeah, so it could have been that. Could have been. But it supposedly was near where one of the creatures had apparently been shot, and then a little bit more in the woods. Like you could think maybe it was alien blood. Yeah, like just like in the X Files. Right. Everything oh, yeah. goes back there. Shit. Shit. Um, so yeah, they don't really find any evidence except for that. And the gun fired and everything. The holes right. everywhere. Um, the next day, I guess a couple of the police officers came back just to see how things were going. The neighbors said that the family packed up and left, um, saying that the creatures had come back around like 3.30 in the morning. Right. Which it kind of... One of the things I read made it seem like that was it. The family was gone. But I guess they did come back. Um so this, like, gets widespread media coverage. Yeah. Like, local and national. People are like, what happened? Right. Um, this was actually so... The phrase Little Green Men... Yes. ...had been used before this, but really only in, like, science fiction type of references. Interesting. Um, and funny enough, they actually didn't even describe these as Little Green Men. I think they actually called them Little Gray Men. Or, huh. like, Silver. Which, so before I, like, research this topic, you always hear about the race of aliens, greys. Yes. So, like, little gray men always seemed to make more sense to me, and I never understood why the phrase little green men right. was a thing. Yeah. And then I read about this, and I was like, oh. oh. Yeah. One of the things did say that the, one of the witnesses did describe them as, like, they were generally described as gray or silver. One of them mentioned that, like, he kind of had, like, a, a greenish, like, luminescence to him, kind of, like, in the right light. Like the green foxfire luminescence yeah. that was found. Exactly. Interesting. So, yeah, seemingly they were, like, more silver and gray. So, actually, they were just misquoted, but it kind of popularized that phrase. Every every time there's, like, a popular phrase, it's somebody being misquoted. Exactly. That's or, like, exactly what it was with flying saucers, too. Yeah. Flying saucers. They were not even referring to them as being flying saucers. They said that they skipped like saucers. Right. But not no. the same. But flying saucers is now a thing. Little green men, popularized by this, but that's not even what they said. Right. Um, yeah, estimates of the size of the creatures varied from two feet to four feet. Um, yeah, like we said, large pointed ears, hands with claws, eyes that glowed yellow, spindly legs. If, if you're somewhere, please Google a picture of that. Yes. Because it's a very, like, almost like stereotypical alien or like yeah. goblin or... Yeah, it's kind it's of a weird. cross between a few weird things. Yeah, like it doesn't just fit, like it doesn't feel like an alien to me yeah it feels more like a goblin right which i guess i draw the distinction as like an alien is like supernatural and i feel like is more real yeah. whereas a goblin i feel like is more like supernatural and maybe less real i don't right. know yeah more of like folklore folklore yeah then folkloric that's yes. a good phrase for it yeah so um yeah they've been compared to gremlins as we mentioned mischievous creatures in folklore um and so they've also been referred to as the Hopkinsville Goblins. Um, apparently, a ton of UFO fanatics like converged on the house in the days after this. They wanted to like check out the property. They wanted to see what the family had seen. They like took some stuff that they found as like souvenirs. Um, that seems shitty. Yeah, and the family I guess got sick of that, and not only being harassed but being called liars and being criticized and made fun of. Um, right. So they left within like ten days. Um, Glennie, the mom, despite moving or living in the country for her entire life up until that point, moved to the city saying that she felt safer being around people. And JC, one of the people who was involved in shooting the creatures was like unable to hold down a job for a long time after that, like had psychological issues Hmm. stemming from this event. So once again, an instance where, um, people come forward with this stuff. And again, like in the fifties, this wasn't. You know, it's not like in the 70s, I feel like, when paranormal stuff was kind of making more of a, a wave. Right. This was still kind of in the time where, like, it wasn't really talked about and, like, widely reported and just wasn't as much of a thing. So people were often... I mean, even nowadays, again, like, I feel like people get made fun of for that shit. Like, if somebody oh, yeah. for real came forward in a neighborhood or in a community and was like, oh my god, I saw a UFO, like, probably most people would be like, really? Yeah. You're crazy. So these people came forward with this and got harassed um lucky's daughter geraldine who was born well after the event but like he ended up telling her about it at some point i think it said that somebody had come 
to his house at some point, like way later wanting to like write a book about it or something like that, or include <laughs> it in a book about UFO encounters or alien encounters. Right. Um, so he took the opportunity to tell his daughter and his like other kids about this thing, which he had just never told them about before. <laughs> um, and so she heard a lot about it from him. And like in the late sixties, she ended up saying that like, he really didn't like how people treated him. Once the story got out, he got made fun of, he was like traumatized by it. Um, she said, still to this day, the witnesses who are alive are afraid to talk. Interesting. Because they're, like, so heavily criticized. So, <laughs> one of those things where, like, that, with stories like this, people are so quick to be like, oh. They just want attention. Yeah, they want attention. And it's like, who would really want this attention? I mean, right. even if there's books written and stuff like that, like, the, those books are written by people who are kind of fanatics about it and, like, believers and generally read by people who are fanatics and believers. Right. I mean, nobody's buying books on this stuff if they aren't into this. Right. Generally, books about these topics are not, like, hugely popular. Obviously, there are some exceptions with shows that are popular that deal with this stuff. But even then, it's not taken seriously. Right. Um, except maybe people like us who were like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. But a lot of people are just watching it as entertainment. Like, it's fun for them because it's fiction. Right. And they believe it to be fiction. Yeah. So, hmm. it just never really hits me right when people assume that stuff is like made up to be like some fun hoax because it's like this doesn't sound fucking fun like right. that woman moved out of her house and moved to the city yeah they just don't strike me as like the type of people who are looking for that kind of attention looking to like make a buck off this yeah. and from what i can tell they didn't profit off this at all no. it's not like they started charging admission to their their farm or yeah once people started coming they left story you know what i mean like it huh. they didn't they didn't attempt to profit off this at all they wanted to like put it behind them and move forward yeah <clears throat> so it just seems, it always seems odd. So, of course, there's lots of skepticism. Yes. Naturally. I have to admit, I was a skeptic yeah. reading the story. Like, it just is a very fantastical story from right. beginning to end. Like, the vivid description of, like, goblins and just, like, the like the four hours that they were encountering this. Like, it just seems so blatant or yeah. so, like... You know, it's it's the idea of, like, whenever you see, like, a, a photo of something supernatural, if it's super blurry, you're like, oh, that's fake because it's too blurry. Right. Or if it's too clear, you're like, oh, that's fake because it's too clear. Yeah. This is, like, it's fake because it's too clear. Like, there's too much detail. There's too much interaction between, yeah. like, the person and the cryptid or the aliens. Yeah. It's weird. It's an, it's very unique, I feel like. I don't think I've read, like, a an alien story or an alien encounter quite like this one. Yeah. No, it's super interesting. I have to give a shout out to my friend Joel, who is the one who was like, you guys ought to do an episode on Kelly Hopkinsville. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about a similar topic and then he brought this one up and he was like, you guys should really do that. And I was like, well, Here we'll we do go. it the next episode. Right. Um, and yeah, it just, it is an interesting topic for that reason too. Like, like you said, most cryptid stories, alien stories, like UFO sightings, it's quick. Even, I mean, even if it lasts, like, ten minutes, like, it's still quick. Right. It's not hours long. So, the fact that this was so long um, is unique. So, yeah, so there's this group called the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. Did not know it existed. Interesting. It was formally known, and this is, like, funny to me, only because, um, so Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, the abbreviation is CSI, which is kind of cool. Right. But, you know, it's, like, a nice short, yeah. succinct... <laughs> Uh, David Caruso is the head of it. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> wow. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> so they shortened it to CSI from, it was formerly known as the Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. So, like, CSICP. And they were like, no. And then they saw CSI Miami, and they were like, that's it. That's it. We got it. Yeah, because this group was formed in, like, the 70s, the mid-70s, after, like, the surge of the paranormal stuff in the United States. So, yeah, they totally, like, formed it, and then later on they were like, shit. We missed an opportunity. Let's just shorten this up a little bit. The sunglasses are dope. The sunglasses are amazing. So many memes are going to come from this. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, so this, is, this group is a program within the Transnational American Nonprofit Educational Organization 
Center for Inquiry. Jesus, that's way too many words. I know, which seeks to, quote, promote scientific inquiry, critical investigation, and the use of reason in examining controversial and extraordinary claims. Wow. Yeah, which is intense. Um, So one of the members, Joe Nickel, is convinced that they just misidentified great horned owls. Just like Mothman. Just like Mothman, exactly. It's It's always just just weird birds. Just like Mothman, just like, um, what's that, unsolved... Murder? No. Maybe a murder. Maybe just a death. Oh, you didn't watch that documentary, did you? The Staircase? Oh, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. They There was a theory that there was an owl involved in that, too. Oh, really? I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. Owls just come into everything. See, okay. The whole, oh, it's a misidentified bird. Yeah. To me, feels like the whole swamp gas thing, where yep. that was a very famous UFO researcher whose name escapes me at this moment, mm. but they asked him what happened with some UFO sighting, and they're like, he's like, oh, it was like swamp gas and like the light of Venus like reflecting off it. Yeah. And now that's almost like a meme in UFO culture. It's like swamp gas is just like a farcical, just like sounds almost scientific enough to be legit, but really if you start thinking about it, you're like, no, like that's terrible. Yeah. And that's what birds are to cryptids. People are always like, oh, it's a fucking bird because yeah. birds, I guess, look weird and right. they migrate. So you could have a bird that's not from that area come to your area, just one of them yeah. and be misidentified. And I, I can, I can almost see that some of like the behavior of the goblins kind of, would lend themselves to that, like the reflective eyes, yeah, the stature, yep. and they like the way silently. that they yeah, they fly silently, the the scratching of like talons on the roof yep. that they heard. They're nocturnal. They're nocturnal. Um, they can be aggressive. Aggressive. They they like defend their nests and stuff. Yeah. So like I can, I don't fully discount the great horned owl, mm. but because it's such a trope that they always like pull out whenever there's any kind of cryptid yeah i'm instantly skeptical of that explanation right it's like the weather balloon thing right oh it's, it's a, a weather balloon it's a weather balloon oh every time there's a ufo like no weather balloon weather balloon. it was it's it, it was it was a weather balloon and a swamp gas at the same time so yeah it's just like they and came then, like together. an owl flew through and it was confusing <laughs> and you're like fuck and then not only was it an owl but that owl got deformed well from, I, okay like, i don't sewage i don't know much about well i mean yeah tnt area yeah, I know, mothman I know. um i don't know much about uh, owls and their behavior, right. but I'm fairly certain that they're relatively solo. Or even if they're not solo, they right. probably travel in very small packs. Yeah. What do you call a group of owls? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. There's probably a name for Somebody it. Somebody write in and tell us what you call a group of owls. Yeah, what is a group of Maybe owls? Maybe there's not because they are solo all the time. Right, exactly, because there's but not groups. imagine, so there was described as what, 12 to 15 well, of these goblins? So actually, one of the things I read, Yes. the daughter of Lucky right. said that that was like exaggerated in later stories, but that actually they really only thought there were like three or four. Okay. But still, a group. Still, more than one mm-hmm. owl, yeah. I feel like, converging on a farmhouse and continuously attacking it. Right. For four hours. For hours. Does not hold a lot of water. No. And that seems very bizarre. Yeah, it seems weird. And it the one of the things that Joe Nickel said... Was that his name, Joe Nickel? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Said that they aggressively defend their nests. Right. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know how close the back of the house was to the woods, if there was a nest nearby, but again, you would think, I mean, again, I don't know much about owls either. This might right. surprise you. I'm not an owl expert. Whoa. <sighs> not yet. Damn it. I know, I know. This whole podcast is farce. <laughs> Flips the table. So just quit right now. Um, but I would think that if there was an owl defending their nest... Like, what, were there suddenly four owls that had nests back there that didn't the day before? Right. And, like, if there was a single... Okay, imagine there was just one owl that they imagined was three or four, because who knows? Maybe they were intoxicated. That's a whole other... We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But, um... So maybe it was just one owl. Yeah. But why did this owl all of a sudden choose this one night to start attacking everybody? Right. Can... um, Imagine... Okay, there's 12 people there. So... There's always people around. There's always shit going on in mm-hmm. this house, I imagine, with 12 people in there. Yeah. Why did this owl choose this night to then attack? And how was this owl able to withstand all this gunfire mm. and appear as if it was at least three or four or 12 to 15, depending on who you're going to, which account you're going to believe? Mm. How are you going to make one owl turn into all of those? It just, right. it doesn't, it's almost 
logical if you look at just the physical description of the goblins themselves. But exactly. If this was a brief encounter that they like walked outside and saw this thing flying through the woods. Right. And they were like, oh my God, it was like two feet tall with glowing eyes right. and didn't make any noise and it was just floating along. Like, sure. Right. That was an owl. Even if it, it flew at them once. Right. And they ran inside and they were like, oh my God, I saw the cra- this crazy thing. Sure. Right. Well, plus but, they're, they're, they're living in like rural Kentucky. Yeah. I'm sure that they've seen owls before. Exactly. It's, it's not like that, it's some weird animal. No, it said that these owls were, they lived in that area. So right. this was not a case of like them migrating necessarily. It was native to the area. Right. So you'd, yeah, you'd have to assume that they had seen it before. Right. And again, it just doesn't make sense. <clears throat> they, they didn't go into the woods to investigate. It didn't seem. Right. They went outside just to be like, what are those noises? Right. So it doesn't really make sense that an owl would like come out from the woods and be like, hey, fuck off. Right. And then uh, that there'd be three or four of them. For four hours. For hours. Yeah. Coming at the house even when people were inside. Impervious to gunfire. Doing backflips. Sounding like <laughs> tin cans when you yeah. shoot them. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So, no. Um, there's an author, Brian Dunning, who kind of focuses on like science and skepticism in his writing. I guess he also has a podcast called Skeptoid. Okay. He did an episode on the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter as well, hmm. which I didn't listen to and I haven't listened to his podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> not saying that I wouldn't, right. but me and Brian Dunning might not end up being friends maybe. Cause he also thinks that there are too many similarities to the great horned owls to totally ignore that. Again, I didn't listen to the episode I didn't read his whole description. It's possible that he just thought it was a possibility. So I'll, I'll get into it. I have an opinion that involves great horned owls as well, yeah. but we'll get into that later. Yeah. So yeah, that's Brian Dunning. Um, there's an astronomer and a UFO researcher, uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, J. Allen Hynek. He's the one who I was talking about with Swamp Gas. Oh really? He's. Yeah. He I, doesn't, he thinks this is bullshit. Yeah. Well, he's like godfather of like the paranormal and mm. I think specifically UFOs. I want to say he's the one who coined the term like close encounters of the third kind and Maybe. It, it created all of like the hierarchy of like the close encounters of the first kind, second kind, third well, kind. Well, he Jay thinks that this was preposterous. Yes. And that it was offensive to common sense. <laughs> so, he's not Shit. in this at all. Um some skeptics even say that the beings were actually monkeys that the circus workers had brought back. I don't know like that just seems like a stretch to me. Hmm. Only because they would have fucking known they brought the monkeys back. Well, they were... Didn't you say that the family was, like, a family of carnival workers? There were a couple people. Like, there was the family, and then I think... It seemed like I think the circus workers were friends of the family. Interesting. Like, friends of some people in the family. So, unless the friends Mm -hmm. of the family were fucked up on something... Right. Then they would have been able to recognize, like, oh, that's our monkeys. Like, oh, yeah, we brought Please those. stop shooting at those monkeys. Exactly. we need those for our And act. I think, I'm pretty sure at least one of the people that was shooting at the creatures was one of the circus workers. At least one of them. Because he, he wasn't, the, wasn't the last name Sutton. Right. Billy, so, Billy Ray Taylor. Yeah. So I don't he, think he was a family member. I think he was one of the circus workers. But yeah, there was at least one circus worker that was doing some of the shooting. So Who not only would have recognized his own monkeys, but would have just recognized monkeys in general yeah. as something i would think and, that's like a thing that you also monkeys can't float right monkeys so. wouldn't float <laughs> they're not bulletproof exactly and they don't sell me tin cans when you shoot them no, i mean i've never shot that. a monkey and i never, never planned yeah, to i don't really want to do that but i'm assuming that they don't sell any tin cans yeah you think that'd be a thing if you went to somebody's house and you brought some monkeys that would be like one of the first things you brought up right when you got there by, like, the, by way. the way they probably wouldn't like just be in your car at the very least, once you started shooting at them, you'd be like, oh, don't oh, worry, you guys, that's wait my monkeys. Yeah, my mistake. Four and hours yeah, later. What were they going to, they brought them back and they just like let them loose in this like totally open area where there's like woods? I don't think so. Right. Oh, Plus, do, do monkeys have like eye shine? You know what I mean? I don't know, actually. Some animals do, some animals don't. Right. I don't think humans do. I'm not sure. So I think it would probably follow to reason that primates don't. Right. So maybe exactly. we don't have eye shine. Yeah, I, I would doubt it. And while it seems like monkeys would be mischievous enough to like be fucking around with the people in the house, right? Again, they can't float. Right. They probably would be hurt if you shot them. Again, right. I don't know that for certain, but right. pretty positive. Um. So yeah, the monkey thing just seems crazy. Um. <clears throat> some shot thought that moonshine was involved. Yes. Though supposedly Glennie, the mother, was super strict about yes. no alcohol on her property. Right. So your theory on that, though? Yes. Okay. So, you have Glennie, the matriarch of the family, hmm. who says no alcohol whatsoever. 
Yeah. So all that means is that you have to work harder to consume alcohol to not get caught. True. So that may mean that you would distill your own moonshine out in the woods somewhere using, you know, car parts, radiator parts, sketchy things. Not It's not like you're making like clean moonshine. No. So if you have tainted alcohol, which could be tainted with who knows what. Who freaking knows. So these people could have been drinking some pretty like intense hallucinogenic yeah. alcohol, which not hallucinogenic in the sense of like, oh, it's it's fun to do. It's like killing your brain while you're drinking yeah, it. Yeah, it's bad. Um, tainted alcohol plus something like great horned owls mm-hmm. plus, you know, folly ado yep. or some sort of like uh, mass hysteria. Throwback you know? to episode 12. Throwback to episode 12. Few different, few people in the family are fucked up on tainted alcohol, mm-hmm. believe something to be true, plus some sort of actual physical stimuli, like a great horned owl or, I don't know, maybe monkeys. Who knows? Sure. Um, you know, one plus one, you get people thinking that they're shooting at little goblins because it's mass hysteria and they start to believe it because these people who drank the tainted alcohol were hallucinating. Right. I don't necessarily believe that 100%. But if I were to try to come up with a rational explanation for this, it would probably involve tainted alcohol and misidentified animals of some kind. Something. Yeah. Right. Because even if, if they were convinced we saw some crazy shit. Right. And then, um, the mom's in there like, no, this is crazy. You guys are crazy. And they're like going on and on about these creatures and then they got the guns out. It's pretty easy for things to get escalated to be like, holy shit. Right. Something's out there. Something. Even if you don't believe that it is what they say it is, like something is making you get a gun. Right. And then if something popped up in the window mm-hmm. and she saw it, that, as that part described that she saw it and screamed. Right. She may have just seen, I mean, it obviously it maybe looked similar to what they were describing. Right. So she just saw it really quick and screamed and was like, oh shit, there, oh, there are those things out there. Mm-hmm. But it may not have been exactly what they thought it was again if it was owls or whatever whatever um so yeah i could see that too yeah so there was also the 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 kappa signid meteor shower that night yes so that streak of light that they saw in the sky yep that they thought was a ufo landing or crashing or whatever could have been just a meteor right meteor shower and some people suggested the metallic sounds that they thought were coming from the creatures Maybe they just had really shitty aim and it was just bullets bouncing off of like trash cans and cars. That would make a whole lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense. This is really one of the few stories like this that I've read that like really bums me out because I'm kind of like, yeah. The rational explanations kind of make more sense. Yeah. If you go it, with Occam's razor, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the explanation that requires the least amount of leaps of faith is yeah. probably the answer. I know. I have to take the, the skeptic view of this one. It's a bummer. Uh, UFOlogist Jerome Clark... Yep. Seemed like he was in support of the story. He was the one who had like kind of been talking about the creatures floating and the sound of the bullets like hitting metal and mentioned that that glowing on the fence and in the woods and stuff. Right. Um, which again has been criticized by skeptics as just being that Fox bioluminescent. Fire. Yeah, Foxfire. Yeah. So who knows? Um Project Blue Book, which we've talked about in past yes. episodes. Um if the, you don't remember was it the Air Force. Yes, the United States Air Force had multiple studies on paranormal, like, UFO type of stuff. Right. Um, This particular one, Project Blue Book, was the third of its kind, started in 1952. They listed the case as a hoax with no further explanation. Just hoax, period. Just like, nope. Um, I thought, the one thing I thought was interesting, this is going to be its own episode, because it's super cool. Right. This incident took place along Latitude 37 North, right. which is known as the 37th Parallel, which is supposed to have kind of like a really high frequency of all kinds of weird paranormal shit. Right. UFO sightings, alien sightings, um, lots of like livestock and cattle mutilations. Super crazy. Right. Um, so yeah, it's supposed to be like roughly the horizontal center of our mostly spherical Earth. Interesting. So if you kind of look, you can look on a map or look up like the 37th parallel and see where it stretches across which states, but it goes through Kentucky. Um, so this author, Ben Mesrick, I don't know if that's pronounced right, but close enough. he wrote a book called the 37th parallel, the secret truth behind America's UFO highway. Wow. Super cool. So this dude is known for his books, uh, bringing down the house 
right. about the six MIT students that went to Vegas and like got tons of money because they did that card counting cool thing. Right. And he <clears> also <throat> wrote a book called The Accidental Billionaires about Mark Zuckerberg, yep. which ended up being turned into the movie The Social Network. Right. Which was kind of a big thing. So his career was kind of going one very specific direction. And yeah. And then it kind of took a left turn. Took like a big left turn. He paired up with this dude, Chuck Zukowski, who is known... His his website, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember the exact address, but if you Google his name, like his website comes up as like one of the first things. And he's yeah. referred to as UFO Nut, or also the Mulder of El Paso. I respect so, this dude already. Yeah, I like this dude already. <laughs> he is a microchip engineer and a sheriff's deputy who just, in his free time tracks down evidence of UFO reports. Um, literally said that he like spends weekends taking his family sometimes on like fact finding missions to go find evidence of UFO stuff. So he starts to learn of all of these mutilated livestock and sees how like this kind of is all coinciding with the 37th parallel. So he starts getting into that. Um, he kind of goes backwards to like Roswell thinking like, dude, this was like the start of all kinds of weird shit. Right. Which again, Roswell will be its own huge topic like crazy ass topic do our homework for that one oh my god um he finds like this weird triangular piece of debris he sends it to bigelow aerospace which is just a little fucking startup owned by robert bigelow who is the billionaire owner of hotel chain budget suites of america Uh, who also happens to love the paranormal and once purchased skinwalker ranch for his own like fact-finding investigating mission to anybody who knows skinwalker ranch yeah. is one of the most intensely paranormal geographic areas that i've ever heard of in my life like yeah. it gives me yeah. chills to think about because there's mm-hmm. just there's too much we're gonna do an episode on it oh my god and we have to give ourselves like months to prepare we're because... yeah we're literally planning it yeah probably months ahead of time right to do like at least a three-parter because it's, it's there's so much so much so this place is, yeah, like intense and terrifying. Yes. The fact that anybody would purchase it right. and willingly spend time there is beyond me. See, I think personally, if anybody's going to find some conclusive proof of the paranormal or the extraterrestrial, it's going to be some weird eccentric billionaire who exactly. just has insane amounts of disposable income yeah. and doesn't give a fuck about wasting it. That's like the, he's the prime example. People talk about like, just get whatever job you need to, like, make good money to, like, pursue what you like on the side. Mm-hmm. This dude runs probably, like, the most boring hotel chain, right. Budget Suites of America, so that he can buy Skinwalker Ranch. Right. And he has an agreement with the FAA to send him reports of UFO sightings. Right. Only some weird billionaire could do that. How do you get that kind of clearance? Exactly. That's when you have wild. billions of dollars. Right. And, like, they're just literally just sending him, like, oh, got another report. And right. then he can, like, do his own investigation. Um, so yeah, this, these all got connected because Chuck Zukowski, the molder of El Paso, sent the piece of debris to Bigelow Aerospace for him to examine in his own lab to see, like, what's up with this. Um, so I won't go into much more about that or about the mutilations or anything, but... More on that later. More on that later. That'll be a whole episode on the 37th parallel, but this shit took place along Latitude 37 North. Right. So... So if these people were hoaxing this... They either had extreme luck hmm. in being located on the 37th parallel or yeah. they foresaw the modern UFO mythology and knew that this was going to be significant at some point. Yeah. But it just seems too good to be true almost. Right. Because I don't know that the 37th parallel was known as this UFO hotspot back in the 50s. I right. highly doubt it. So, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done anything on cattle mutilation yet. That's the thing. We haven't even touched on it. Catamutilation kind of makes me sad. It's yeah, it's super sad. I love animals. And, and there are some fucked up stories. Yes, because they do some fucked... Whoever is mutilating cattle I think do fucked up things The most messed cattle. up ones I think I heard were in that thing that we listened to on Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's some pretty There's some wild. messed up stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> watch out for those two topics. Yes. 37th Parallel and Skinwalker Ranch. They're going to blow your face off. Yep. Um, yeah. So... That's kind of a tie-in to this potentially being paranormal. Right. Um, fun fact. You mentioned the Pokemon, which is awesome. Yep. Um, Sableye. Sableye. Uh, Steven Spielberg cited this case <clears throat> as part of the inspiration behind both E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Two of the most iconic yes. alien movies 
of all time. I actually need to rewatch Close Encounters. Me too. Soon, but I was thinking about that. Yeah, I almost watched it the other night. I don't know why I didn't. J. Allen Hynek is in Close Encounters. Is he, he has, really? He has a little like cameo. No way. Yeah, that's awesome. J. Allen Hynek. Damn, that's awesome. Um, but the residents of Kelly, Kentucky, now celebrate the anniversary of this event on the third weekend of every August with an event called the Kelly Little Green Men Days Festival. Oh. Started in 2010, so it was pretty recent. Because um, I think, yeah, the anniversary was 2005. Right. So it wasn't, like, till years later. I think they were trying to think of a way to do, like, a fun little kind of fundraiser type of thing for the town or whatever, for the community. And then they were like, huh. What did we be famous for? Oh, the one thing the that one thing everybody that, knows about. Yeah. I've literally never heard of Kelly, Kentucky until now. Right. So, yeah. So that's Kelly Hopkinsville. Interesting. A little side note, too. In August 2017, the total solar eclipse mm. passed right through Kelly. Yes. Actually, one of the articles that I read that had a lot of good info about this was right before that eclipse. Interesting. It was like one of the people that um, either set up the festival or was like deeply involved in it <laughs> was kind of giving some background. And that's like how I learned about Lucky's daughter. I guess she has been to like a few of the festivals to speak to people. She's heard like tons of crazy stories from people who are also, you know, paranormal fanatics or UFO fanatics or whatever who have like shared their own experiences with her. Right. Which is kind of interesting. That shit happens, man. People, like, are involved in this. They've got a connection. Other people, like, trust their stories to them to be like, I know, I mean, she wasn't there, but she heard about it from her dad. Right. So I feel like, you know, people feel, like, an affinity towards people like that, that they were, like, somehow also involved. Yeah. Like, you will believe so. my story. Yeah. Because, like, you believe your dad's story. You believe that they went through some things. Right. Which, I think even that in itself, like, just is a testament to, like, you know, she's, like, an adult now. Speaking of this event... And she still, like, to this day, seems to, like, deeply believe that this happened. Right. From what her dad told her, which, again, was years after it happened, was not something he brought up on his own, like, as soon as they were old enough to understand. Like, he only brought it up because this person came to the house to talk to him about the event, to write about it. And then he was like, all right, I guess I should tell you about this. Right. So it wasn't something that he was, like, dying to be like, guess what, guys? Like, he was like, all right. Right. I guess I'll rehash this, like, traumatizing event in my life. Interesting. And she seems to, like, deeply believe that this happened from what she's heard from her dad. Hmm. Which, you know, I know kids tend to, you know, if you have a good relationship with your parent, like, you tend to want to believe what they say. Right. But you also have to think, like, you know, if she was a skeptic, there'd probably be some inclination to be like, really? You've got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, I feel like even if my parent that I loved was telling me a story that I was like, eh. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would probably, like, you know, rub their back and say, like, okay, right. I believe you. But would you, if you really didn't believe them, would you go speak at events on their behalf? Exactly. And, you know, no. and be like, yes, this was a thing. Like, people shouldn't criticize him. Right. So, like, she believes it. Right. Interesting. On that same note, yeah. if anybody has paranormal experiences or yeah. alien experiences, please tell us about it. Tell us about it. We would love to hear that. We would love to be the ones that you entrust your knowledge to. Yes. Please. Wild. Everybody. I've had a couple friends here and there tell me about weird stuff, but not <clears throat> nearly as many as I'd like. Right. You all need to understand how open I am to your story. Yes. Chances are I'm going to believe you. Right. Like we've said before, if we were had, you know, if we were Mulder and Scully, we'd both be Mulder. Yes. Right. There is exactly. not a skeptic in this pair. We are no. both just like, yep. Right. Fucking aliens. I like to think that we take a, a rational view where we will discount obvious sort of like discrepancies yeah but if you have a story that has a legitimate like core of truth to it yeah i'm gonna believe that shit i'm gonna believe it in a second i believe all of it i think right. in our own respective relationships with my husband and your fiance they are both the scullies we are the molars of our relationship and they are the scullies 100 100 because neither oh, yeah. neither of our significant others believe like 99 percent of what we talk about right and that's what's fun about it, is trying <laughs> to funny. convince Abby that, dude, yeah. let me tell you about something. Yeah. And then by the time I'm, I'm done with it, I'm like, right? And she's like, yeah, sure. I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't have any other information. Yeah. So. Oh, it's terrible. I started, I tried to talk to Nate about, <clears throat> we were on a walk with Mukha the other day, and, you know, I was just chatting, and we were talking about the episode that we had recorded, which was the man from Torred. Yep. So it was the whole topic of parallel dimensions mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And I was like going on and on about the story and then talking about parallel dimensions. And at some point, Nate's 
more the type when we're on a walk that just wants to like quietly walk and like think and just like look around at stuff. And he's like, oh, nature. And I'm just like talking nonstop. Mm -hmm. So usually he'll just be quiet and just listen to me for a while. And then I kind of like finished all my stuff and I'm just like, what do you think? Like, where, where do you think that guy came from? What do you think happened there? And he's just like, don't know. It was like, after all that, I'm like, you got nothing. Don't know. That's yeah. it. He had nothing to offer. He had, I was like, what do you, th what do you think is the explanation? Like, if you don't think he came from another dimension, what do you think was the story? And he, like everything I tell him, he's just like, don't know. I'm like, but you don't even, like, you don't even think it's interesting? That, like, he's just like eh. lack of curiosity. I know. I don't get it. I know. It's sad. It's like this whole, I feel like he's got a whole part of his brain that, like, if you looked at our brains on, like, a scan, we've got, like, a whole big chunk that's, like, lit up. Oh, my God. And his is just, like, dim. Dead. Yeah. It's really sad. Black. It's just black and empty. It's like, how do you not? I don't know. Again, I think it makes life more interesting. I agree. To at least think that there's a possibility in these things. Right. If not, to just, I mean... See, like, I'm a, I'm a huge conspiracy theorist nut. Mm. I love to read about conspiracy theories. Yeah. I believe maybe, you know, 5% of the conspiracy theories that I've read about. Yeah. But I love to read them with an open mind because you, when you really start to read into any of this stuff, what you have to start to believe is that people aren't making up stories just to make up a story. Mm. They've experienced something. Yeah. Maybe that something is is explainable. Maybe it's a misidentified natural phenomenon, or they have I don't know hallucinated or something. Hmm. But what you what you have to believe is that people saw something. Right. These people in Kelly Hopkinsville saw something. Oh yeah. For four hours, they experienced something. Yeah. What that was is way open for debate. Exactly. Maybe it was natural. Maybe it was supernatural. We don't know. But at the very least, you have to read the story. And get the facts and try to decide, like, what did they see? Exactly. What happened here? Yeah. Because it was something. It wasn't just these people making up a story. No. And I think I tend to empathize a lot with people. <clears throat> and I get really defensive about these topics. I remember the last time our grandparents were here. I don't know how it came up, of course. Right. But something like that came up. And naturally, if you know our grandparents, this doesn't come as much of a surprise. But grandma is much more open she doesn't necessarily like get into all that stuff but she's totally the type that anything that we would say she's like yeah like i could see that right she's not really closed-minded about much of anything um but grandpa is a little bit more like set in his beliefs yep not in a bad like he's not some shitty racist grandpa he's awesome yeah but just that happened to be a topic that somehow it came up and then i i told some little story about something and grandpa kind of like laughed about it and i was like what and he was like no like that didn't happen and I, like, I didn't expect it, but I, like, immediately felt myself, like, bristle up. And I was like, yeah. what? Right. What did you say? <laughs> what did you just say, Grandpa? <laughs> Grandpa, yeah. I'm, like, cracking my knuckles, like, yeah. about to fucking throw down. <laughs> Catch these fucking hands, Grandpa. Like, how <laughs> dare you? But he totally, Aww. like, I kind of got out of him that he just didn't think that any type of, like, UFO sightings, like, cryptids and stuff, like, he just, th he thinks it's all made up. Right. And I was just like, you realize... That even if you go beyond the cryptids and stuff, like, you go to, like, UFO sightings, that shit has been happening for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he was, like, he was kind of, I think he was initially thinking more of, like, modern stuff. And he's like, yeah, people see it in movies and TV shows and they think that they see it, like, whatever. And I was like, yeah, but how do you explain back in the days when there weren't movies, there was not social media, people couldn't even communicate in, you know, within their same country, let alone, like, right. to other countries. They didn't even know other countries existed right. at some point. And you can still go back in their stories, mm -hmm. in their illustrations, and you see things that have very similar descriptions. Someday I want to do an episode on the Battle over Nuremberg. Oh, yeah. Which was, like, the 1500s. Mm -hmm. This supposed, like, maybe extraterrestrial battle that took place over Nuremberg, Germany. Mm. Way before people knew what... UFOs were way before right. like aliens were in the consciousness of humans. Mm -hmm. This was pre all of that. Yeah. Pre technology. And people saw potentially a, a battle, like an, an alien battle over a major city in Germany. Exactly. So like, like there was a time when this, it's not possible that people were just thinking of things that they had seen on TV or in movies or even heard stories of. Right. And you can't discount the fact that, or even, you know, ghosts and like, spirit sightings and stuff like that, like demons, like there are stories that totally match up in their details from all different cultures, all different countries, mm -hmm. continents, 
that had no way of communicating with each other. No right. way of being like, hey, did you hear about this? And they're like, oh, and then it becomes like a legend or whatever. And I don't know. He still didn't seem convinced, but I like just didn't realize how fired up I was to get where I'm just like, I'm fucking coming back <laughs> there in that back seat. Fight your grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love you, but I will beat you down I for this. I will beat sense into you, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, grandma's like, I wasn't like angry, but I just, I was like trying to hold back because I'm just like... Yeah. It also it, it feels a little insulting when somebody's like like that's yeah. all a bunch of bullshit. I'm like, well I believe that shit. Like right. you're telling me I'm bullshit, grandpa. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, like did not he was not into that. He was just like, no. Like it's people are all just making it up. I'm like, there's no reason for it though. No. Like like you realize people are more criticized for saying that stuff than they are anything else. Right. Like there's definitely people who are like seeking attention. Yeah. But I feel like that's for sure. relatively obvious. Yeah. People who like capitalize on it and make money and try to like sell tickets to stuff exactly but most people i feel like almost like regret coming forward with Mm -hmm. their stories because like of all of the attention that they get negative attention yep because it's mostly negative yeah yeah so yeah i don't really know how how i feel about this particular encounter it like you said definitely i don't deny that they saw something the believer in me wants to think that they saw some weird alien goblins. Yes. I don't know for sure that they did. No. I would be curious to do slightly more research to see if there's any, like, interviews with any of the... Um, primary sources. Yeah, the primary sources. Like, if it was in the media, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't look deep into the articles to see what people had said specifically. So I'd be a little curious. But, yeah, I mean, they saw something. Who knows what they saw? I guess the part of it that kind of puts me off the most from believing it is the lack of consistency with other alien encounters. Mm. Yeah. What strikes me is that not only the physical descriptions of these particular beings, aliens, is really outside of other people's experiences of aliens, Mm -hmm. but also their behavior is just so not alien. Right. I mean... You know, we're coming at this from the idea of like, oh, there's like one type of alien. Mm. But the idea that there's like two so distinct types of aliens that are capable of making contact with humans just seems so capable of making contact with humans once in an isolated event Mm. and not since then just seems implausible to me. Right. Yeah. As far as I, I mean, definitely possible, but I don't know of any other encounter like this off the top of my head that has like similar looking creatures that were kind of behaving similarly again cryptids yes yes but specifically aliens and again it seems like it'd be a weird coincidence if like it was just a meteor shower but then they actually did see aliens you know we feel like those two things are connected that they saw an alien ship crash or land or whatever and then these creatures came (laughs) Uh, but like you said they don't really behave like typical aliens they behave more like these weird mischievous goblins right but who knows if i don't know these were just some particularly weird aliens right that have not made many appearances i mean there's a whole if you get into it there's a whole taxonomy of types of aliens oh yeah the nordics and the greys and it's it's wild the reptilians yeah so i mean who knows maybe there are different races of aliens that have made contact with humans yeah but I've actually read about um, Eisenhower, the president, Mm. his daughter, granddaughter, one of his relations. She believes that aliens made contact with the U.S. government and that her grandfather, father, whoever, Eisenhower, Mm. was the first president, U.S. president, to make a pact with aliens and like started this whole thing that's amazing yeah she's i mean that's a whole that's a whole nother rabbit hole to fall down yeah that's awesome so i mean like potentially there's this and like the thing was like it was a very specific type of alien Mm. the the nordics that apparently look like blonde haired blue-eyed people were supposedly in contact with the nazis during world war ii and so it was somebody in opposition to the nordics who made contact with eisenhower and aligned with the americans jesus so there's it's all kind of, it's all wrapped up in different races of aliens damn so so it is kind of like the aliens and the rebels and x-files 
Yes. We're going to go there. Exactly. <laughs> and no. the bounty hunter was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed... Right, he was team. probably a Nordic. So, yeah, maybe he was a Nordic. We don't know. So, I mean, that's a whole episode in and of itself, the different <laughs> taxonomies of aliens, because yeah. there's a surprising amount of, like, detail there's about, like, the types of aliens so that exist many. out there. Oh, my God. It's wild. It's intense. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not sold on this. No. I'm, not, I'm definitely not sold. Not not sold. I'm not convinced that it wasn't paranormal. I'm not convinced that it was. It's still significant. I think it needed to be talked about. Yes. Because it, I, I think a lot of people know the name. Origin of the phrase little green men. Right. Yeah. It's or, That's how that got popularized. Right. It Again, I still think it's kind of funny that it's known to be such a well-documented case. But again, only because I think there were so many... Witnesses. Right. It wasn't one person or like two people out in the woods alone. It was like an entire family right. who, even if the kids were kind of hiding and even if some people weren't like interacting with them, they were still in the house. They were still hearing things and kind right. of seeing things and just witness to the whole situation. So for four hours. Yeah. For hours. So it's unique. Yeah. And again, it spawned a few other topics. Right. Which is so. Neat. So yeah. Episode 13. Episode 13. Enjoy this as, like I said, our last episode for a week. I guess technically two weeks. Yeah. But we're taking one week off. So no episode next week. Right. But 30th, we'll be back. Episode 14. Don't know the topic yet. Yeah, we don't know. We'll let you know. Or we won't. Right. (laughs) I don't know. You should just listen. Surprise. Hell. So yeah. If you enjoyed this, let us know. Find us on social media. Yep. Um, Please comment. Or review. Review, yeah. Write some words to us. Tell us some things. Um, if you have anything you want to see, like for Patreon, if you have any things you'd like to request, any merch you would like, um, request for the website, anything like that, let us know. But otherwise, we will see you in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks. Yeah. This has been unknowable. Unknowable. Love you. <laughs>